0: Good evening, everyone. It's uh, Schlag Bros tonight, Aaron and Andrew Schlag, hosting uh, the uh, Gold, monthly Gold Club questions and answers. Um, you guys, we do this call the second Monday of every month. And uh, you guys can commit your deals prior to the calls so that we'll review right here. And if you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen, but you can't
1: participate. You can get more
0: information and sign up for the Gold Club at uh, www.ronsgoldclub.com. If you are a Gold Club member and you'd like to ask a question or discuss a deal you submitted, please press star six to be entered into the queue. If you're a Gold Club member and you did not dial in on the interactive line that's listed on the Gold Club member set shi- website uh, on the homepage after you log in, you should hang up now and dial back in using that phone number and access code if you want to ask any questions. So, uh, with that, we'll go ahead and get started, and uh, excited to talk to you guys tonight and go over any questions you have. I don't believe any of y'all uh, submitted any deals tonight, but uh, we'll be happy to answer your questions. they probably the all on the Quick Start coming up this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. We do have Quick Start coming up this week, so uh, that's exciting. Are you
1: going to be on that Quick Start, Andrew? Absolutely. Me and uh, also, uh, a couple of, of the other mentors. Uh, The wolf's a couple others anyway, are are doing a bunch of these calls for quick start. So excited for uh, for that coming up here starting tomorrow
0: morning. Oh, man, that is exciting. Coming right up on it. Um, And I'm going to repeat this one more time. I noticed we got some people in the queue already, but just in case I see some more people dialing in, I want to repeat this one more time. That if you're a Gold Club member and you'd like to ask a question or maybe discuss a, a deal you submitted, which I believe you did not submit any deals this time, like we just said, Uh, But if you want to get entered into the queue to uh, discuss anything with us, uh, hit star six to be entered into the queue. Um, And if you're a Gold Club member and did not dial in on the interactive line that's listed on your Gold Club membership website homepage after you log in, uh, hang up now and dial back in using that number, and then press star six to be entered into the queue if you have any questions for us or want to discuss anything with us. All right. You ready for our first question, Andrew?
1: I'm ready. All right.
0: Hi. Hey Danielle, how are you doing
2: tonight?
0: Hey Danielle,
3: I'm I'm good. Yourself? Doing fantastic. Um, so I had a couple questions here. Uh, one was in regards to the yellow letters, uh, and if I so I have an inactive uh, real estate license in one of the states that I do business in. And I was wondering if you guys know if uh, typically people with inactive licenses have to disclose on the yellow letter that they have a license. Um,
0: that is a great question.'ll I'll add my two cents, and then Andrew weigh in on that. If you have uh, any input. Uh, I personally i' I am in referral uh, as an agent, but I'm in referral. Uh, I've known people that have had that same situation. And I don't know that I have a black and white answer. That was something that I would I would ask my real estate attorney, which is what I've done, to avoid any potential conflict. We have any anything we've had like letters and marketing have been in uh, under uh, either a company that is owned exclusively by Andrew or the names, or uh, we've used his name in that you know yellow letter in that case. Do you have any input, Andrew? Uh,
1: you know the realtor. Uh, Disclosure has to be given, I guess you would say, at the point of a mini core relationship, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, in my opinion, is when you, you know, put put certain things out there, uh, when you go to sign the contract, things of that nature. uh, In our purchase and sell agreement, our attorney added a line stating that one of the owners of the company uh, that's a principal to this, the buyer, aka our company, uh, may be owned by someone who has a broker's license, and, uh, you know, just to to cover us on on that as well. Uh, So, you know, if it comes up, uh, in fact, I suppose at that point, but, uh, you know, to this point, we've always used a non-realtor's name on our yellow letters and, you know, left it at that.
3: Okay. So would I be able to use a fake name?
1: Well, uh, (laughs) that's a good question. I... uh, I, I don't guess there's no law that says you can't. Uh, I, I would be cautious. And I, I personally have used either you know, my name, Aaron has the, the, the license, or in some cases my acquisition is in his wife's name, uh, so, you know, friend or family member. Again, just consult with your real estate attorney. You know, I, I don't think it's anything that you would lose sleep over. Again, it just has to be closed to the point of a meaningful relationship.
0: Okay. So to, All right. to summarize it, I, I've known people that had licenses that have utilized their name and have not had any issues. Me being a little more probably cautious than others have not, but that's something that definitely you want to discuss with your real estate attorney and then kind of make that decision based on that knowledge. So I hope that Got helps.
3: it. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. haven't gotten a straight answer from him, so that's what I was wondering. Uh,
0: um, oh, man, okay. Well, and I will say, you know, from personal experience, I, I've known, you know, people that are agents that have utilized their name, and because, you know, by definition, I guess, Everybody defines that differently on the meaningful relationship part. So Okay.
1: Yeah. Also right. anything else we have tonight? Yeah,
3: yeah. Um so uh, for the uh wholesale, so I had a question about the wholesale uh kind of process. Um because I'm running into some kind of pushback and basically I'm trying to wholesale a property that has uh tenants in there. Um, and so two part question. One Uh, do I have any rights with my option agreement to be able to show the property? Not myself show it, but have it shown to a potential buyer?
1: Well, that's a good question. Uh, So two things. Uh, Does the the seller know what you're doing, and they're just having trouble getting the tenants to let you in?
3: Uh, So the the seller does know what I'm doing, um, and – in one of the, the cases, everything's going fine. In the other case, uh, the property manager stepped in and now I'm not able to show it.
1: So that's a tough one. Uh, I personally have never, you know, made enemies or tried to, you know, sue somebody over something like that. I just try to communicate, you know, and, and, and get it worked out. Um, however that is, you know, if if the management company is being a total pain, uh, you know, I, I would offer to take the key and put the notices. I'm sure what they're worried about is the notice, you know, the tenant proper notice that you're going to be coming in. Uh, so, I, in many cases, have gotten the key and offered to, you know, do the notices on our own teams uh, to the tenants. Uh, you know, work directly with the seller. The seller get a key and the seller be us out there. Uh, you know, a lot of different ways around that uh, as far as rights. You know, when it comes to uh down to it, we've either, you know, worked it out, negotiated, and got the key where we could show it if we're going to wholesale it or, or just closed it ourselves. So that's been our two preferred options going forward. Again, 99% of the time, well, actually, every time we went to wholesale something, we've been able to work it out, uh, you know, when, where we got a key ahead of time if that's what we needed to do.
3: Okay. And uh, legally, uh, as far as, you know, just having someone look at the property that's, you know, a qualified uh, buyer – Um, is that breaking any kind of real estate laws um, as far as acting as a uh, realtor without a license?
1: You're not in Illinois, are you?
3: Uh, I am in uh, Arizona. Uh, This is in regards to that because I received a letter from the Department of of Arizona from a complaint with a broker.
1: You got a – Purchase and sell agreement with an earnest money up. You have equitable, in my opinion, equitable interest in the property, and we have shown countless properties with a purchase and sell agreement prior to closing with no problem.
3: I've been using an option agreement actually, not the, the okay. standard purchase and sale.
1: Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh pretty well the same, you know, same goals accomplished in my opinion. I've never used the option agreement. I just always use a straight purchase and sell. And, uh, you know, if things changed and I let them know clearly up front what I'm doing, and if something happened where we didn't go to the closing table, I'd lose my earnest money, which is typically $10. Okay.
3: Um, and then at what point would you, uh, I guess, uh, do the second part of the agreement uh, when when you find someone?
1: Uh, did you understand that part of the question, Aaron?
0: No, I didn't. Could you repeat that again? Uh, okay.
3: so yeah, I guess let me, let me be more clear here. Uh, so I, I have someone that is uh, a, a realtor that contacted me that's interested in other property that, you know, things are going smooth there. Um, but she's saying that she needs uh, 3.5% to act as a dual agency because she can't do, work with FISBO people
0: because I have it listed on Zillow.
3: And so I've never heard of that. Kind of,
0: it didn't make sense to me. she's saying she's got to represent both sides, even though you're the, the seller or you have the option on one side. Is that what she's trying to say? Correct. That seems like she's just. Based on my understanding of your question, it seems like she's just attempting to uh, capitalize as much as she can financially out of the situation. There's no need for a dual agency there, unless you have her you know, uh, unless you request that. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because your transaction between you and the person that's assigning it to you is is uh, you know, yours and that person's business based on my understanding of the question. Once again, uh, she does not represent but her party in this situation.
3: Okay. Okay. And last question is when would I assign my interest over to the uh the buyer?
1: And do you want to answer that? As soon as you uh, get the get a buyer who's ready to go, uh, you would send them an assignment agreement immediately with your assignment fee, uh, signing them your contract, and then uh, go to the you know the closing table, and then name my assignment fee on the settlement statement, and uh, go forward from there.
3: So is that usually after a uh, inspection's been done on the house and stuff like
1: that? Uh, we we get the assignment signed when we get the earnest money from the buyer.
3: Okay. So do they usually do the earnest money then before uh, an inspection?
0: Yes. Well, it depends on the definition of the inspection. Uh, not not usually before them looking at the at the place, but if they are going to have an actual inspection, are you talking about like a paid inspection or just them actually viewing the property?
3: Oh, no. I'm talking about like they pay, you know, 500 bucks or
0: whatever to actually do an oh, inspection. Okay. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to let them have an inspection until after they already had the assignment agreement in place. Um uh, and if there's a, you know, there, maybe there's a provision there that you want to add on that. And that's something that it, state by state is so different. I have my, frankly, to be honest with you, Daniel, we do have our attorney to handle that when there's those tricky situations like that. Sounds like the agents could be a challenge in that situation. Definitely, I would be getting my uh, real estate attorney that is versed in those, you know, questions in Arizona specifically uh, to make sure that's drew up properly to cover your, you know, cover yourself throughout the process. Okay.
3: All right. Sounds good. I appreciate it.
0: Hey, awesome. thanks Danielle. Um, questions, All right. All right, let's see who we got next here. Um, I tell you what, before we jump on there, I've noticed we've had about about a dozen more show up here. I'm going to repeat this one more time. Um, as far as how to get in the queue to ask any questions you guys may have, um, if you'll dial if you'll dial star six to be entered into the queue. That's that's how you get in the queue after you've dialed in um, through the number you've got on your Gold Club. Uh, if you are a Gold Club member and you did not dial in on the interactive line that's listed on the home page of your Gold Club, then hang up and dial in through that and then hit star six to get into the queue if you want to uh, ask any questions or anything by us today. All right, let's see who
1: we got next. Ronald? Hello, Ronald.
4: Hello. It's Maria. Hey,
1: <laughs> Maria. Yes, I-
4: <laughs>
1: How are you this evening?
4: I'm good, thanks. So, my- How
1: can my- help you.
4: My question is um, a property that looks like it's going to be actually my first property ever. And
1: Congratulations.
4: Thanks. And it, it looks like it's going to be what Ron would call a golden goose. So um, awesome. the, the owner is kind of a distressed seller, so we're getting it at a really good price. No money down. You know, everything looks really good. it does need some cosmetic work. But the, the issue and the question I have has to do with a tax lien, which is part of the deal we're working out, you know, that we're keeping the, the owner financing part um, really low because they have somewhere around a $16,000 tax lien. So I want to make sure I do this correctly. We're, we're going to pay that. Um, do I do that? Do I put that in the purchase and sale agreement as kind of an amendment that we're going to do that and that's part of that gets subtracted from the purchase price? How do I do that?
1: Is the tax lien on the property for back... I mean, it wouldn't be back taxes, right? You're talking about a tax lien against the seller themselves.
4: Well, well, it is back taxes. It is back taxes. Our town, it's a small town, and they could have foreclosed, you know, they could have taken over whatever they do um, before now, but they just, the town just said they just don't feel like doing that for some reason, so it's, it goes back like three years of taxes.
1: Okay, Sixty thousand, you said, or sixteen?
4: No, sixteen.
1: One six. Okay, okay, got it. And what's the what's the price of the house?
4: The price. We're going to be in, with that built into it. We're going to be paying one sixteen, which is, I purposely picked that price because I knew they had sixteen thousand doing taxes. So we're basically okay. buying the house for a hundred.
1: Okay, so uh, yes, we would just write up the purchase and sell for one sixteen, and uh, when we close and bring that sixteen thousand dollars, the title company, uh, or closing attorney, will make sure that that sixteen thousand dollars is immediately paid. It has to be paid anyway to give you clear title, and okay. I would buy a title uh, on the property as well. And uh, you know, if it's written up in the purchase and sell agreement. Uh, you know, you're putting sixteen thousand down or whatever, however you're writing that up.
5: Mm-hmm. then
1: absolutely that immediately gets applied to to the taxes and comes off the purchase price uh, you can write in additional terms if you wanted 16,000 down to be applied to taxes but again it has to be paid you know that's that's not up uh, for negotiation it has to be paid for them to give their right. titles so, so right I wasn't uh, sure if I had
4: to pay that before I could even move forward with like getting an attorney involved in all that if I had to go to the town and pay it myself
1: no, attorney, uh will uh, take care of that for you. We usually put it through them just so it's done right.
4: Okay. Okay. Good question. Yeah, that
1: was it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Awesome. Let's see who we got next. Hello? Hello. How can we help you tonight? How are you?
6: Oh, hi. I'm new. I had two questions. Uh the first what was your easy name? one. Cherry?
1: Cherry. Awesome, Cherry.
6: Oh, what's your name?
1: My name's Andrew. You got the Slag Brothers.
6: Oh, okay. I remember seeing you online. I'm really really new. Never did a quick start yet. I wanted to know what if the most expensive part of the house, like the roof or the HVAC goes out? And the people move to avoid the
1: expense.
6: That's a risk I have to gamble, right?
1: Well, so two things. Uh, number one, we do a walk through the house, uh, and I found that, you know, if the basement walls came in, you're going to see it. We've not found that to be an issue. Uh, we, we buy with terms with nothing down, uh, you know. You put up – if you put up $10 earnest money, uh, you know, you mm-hmm. risk losing your investment, which is $10. So, not found that to, to be an issue. Uh, number two, there is breakdowns. Uh, in fact, a quick start, you will find a whole uh, a list. Ron, I know when he does the live bus chairs, he always gave them out. I believe he gives them out online now. Do not quote me on that, please. Uh but uh, there's lists, which basically is, uh, you know, breaking down, you know, HVAC pricing, roof pricing. Uh, again, it's it's not been an issue in our business. Uh, you know, we, we, what we see is what we get. We found that most generally the seller has been uh, forthcoming when we've asked, uh, you know, if we go there and it's summertime and it's a hundred degrees in the house, you know, <laughs> putting two and two together, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Secondly, if you, you buy it in, in the the winter and, it's not working, and you know your tenant buyer moves in and gives you twenty or thirty thousand dollars down. Uh, you know, number one, it would be their responsibility technically, but number two, out of customer service, we've helped them at times. But you know, it would come out of their non-refundable option deposit. So again, not mm-hmm. not been an issue in, in any big way.
6: Okay, okay. The first thirty days, anyway, you give them if anything goes wrong, it's like a warranty, correct?
1: That's correct.
6: Okay, so the other one is. The reason for my question is I did get one deal and I typed up a purchase and sales agreement. I don't know okay. if it's right, but I used my, I used my, on the contract I used my LLC subchapter S sub-chapter that I used for my expenses. And I'm not sure that I want to put, from listening to Ron, that you're supposed to use three different LLCs. And I think that I need to set up one like a solo 401k and then make another LLC that will be owned by the solo. But at least I need another LLC
1: well, for the one that you
6: hold the house in without an EIN or No.
1: No. Uh, and I would recommend as soon as possible to sign up for Quick Start because Ron does a whole section on uh, entity structuring, which you would love. Right. Is, is it too late to join Quick
0: Start for tomorrow, Andrew, or get in for that uh, that? Uh, is it too late?
1: Don't believe it is. Um, I, let me know if you have uh, interest in, in that. We can uh, make sure. I'm we in, get I'm some in Quick Start
6: tomorrow, and they're going to go over my deal.
1: Oh, oh excited! Okay. Well, imperfect perfect. <laughs> okay, even better. <laughs> so, uh, the, the cool thing is, um, two things. Number one, there will be a whole segment on entity structuring. Uh, Ron does teach to buy in trusts uh, rather than LLCs. Um, oh, at really? The beginning, it, yes. I could not figure out two things. Number one, I could not find an Indiana attorney where I was doing business who would help me with trusts, and uh, number two, I was having trouble wrapping my head around them. I'd Shoot, I didn't know anything about real estate, so mm-hmm. I did. You know, starting out, just I didn't let that stop me from doing a deal. So, you know, I went ahead and moved forward, uh, done what I, you know, what I had to do to get to get a check, and then, uh, you know, as I went forward, of course, got things set up properly. Right. Um, but, but yes, uh, what, you know, LLCs are, are are great.
6: Oh, they're okay because you wouldn't want to put, you wouldn't want to put it, do it with your living trust. This would be a different type of
1: trust, just for land. What I would do if I were you, I would do it just like you said. I would write it up in my LLC. I would move forward. I would get the deal moved to the – and then you can always change it before closing, once you get through quick start. Oh, right, yeah. You can always change it and do an amendment to your purchase agreement and, you know, buy it in in a new LLC or a trust, uh, you know, after quick start.
6: Yeah, because I remember him talking about – a, B, and C entities. And one Absolutely.
1: Was for, yeah, but I. That's a big just, class. <laughs> so, Sorry. That's a big class. So definitely something you'll uh, you'll want to uh, uh, you know explore throughout this quick start and enjoy uh, oh, it'll be your time. In that. Okay.
6: And then my mentor yeah, it, could help, right?
1: Hundred percent. Yep. We can okay. we can go. Uh, whoever your mentor is can go through that with you step by step as well and of course you know you'll find a real estate attorney who will, who will help you with that as well locally. So, okay. All right? Okay.
6: Awesome. You guys are great. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Hey,
0: awesome. great all, to talk. Talk to you. all right. Who we have next here? Uh,
3: this is Danielle again? Can
5: hey Danielle, how are you? Yeah, I
0: can hear you. Oh.
3: All right, perfect. Um, so I had a, a question about uh, for, for the pretty houses. Um, so originally when I was doing my pretty house deals, I was just uh, adding myself as ad- additionally insured on their insurance policy. And then I quickly realized that that is not the way I want to do it because I don't have full coverage of myself. Um, and so uh, from my understanding, I just need to go you know, get a policy and then – um add the you know the insurance company or the i'm sorry the mortgage company as additionally insured as well as the uh the the person on the you know the person I bought the house from um but i'm wondering' because usually the mortgage payment is wrapped uh in with the insurance payment, so if I get my own policy um on the the house, will it still wrap with that payment
1: yes so. We uh, basically what we have done is is, is a couple of uh, things. Um, when it comes to the insurance policy, what we normally do uh, is we get a a policy on the uh, insurance. Uh, we get a policy on the on the house and send uh naming the proper additional insurers and send that to the mortgage company uh to add to their escrow. That's what we've done when when you know the need arises. So that's how we dealt with that.
3: Okay, so you send the, the new insurance information directly to the mortgage company?
1: We have done that on multiple occasions, yes.
3: Okay. Um is that how you normally always do it? Yes. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, and then, uh, do you then have your customer cancel the other policy out afterward?
1: Yes. Yeah, because otherwise okay. you're paying on. Our- yep. Okay, we've, uh, easy direct- enough. Actually, uh, Michelle, who does all of that, uh, handles all that in the office. She's uh, she, you know, starting out years ago. We obviously was <laughs> started out a little. Uh, a bit, we, you know, left the insurance policy in place and, you know, but learning more and more and then of course, you know, learning from Ron how to, uh, how to set it up. Uh, but yes, we always get an insured, uh, insured named on there, like it's supposed to and then send it directly to the mortgage company so that they can, the escrow can pay ahead, you know, just like they do if that's, you know, if it's an escrowed situation.
3: Okay. And it's never been a red flag that it's not uh, the, the person that has the loan's name on there
1: never came up in our in our uh, uh life of uh well over three hundred and fifty houses.
6: Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. Sounds good, thanks.
1: All right. Thank
0: all right, Andrew, um should I repeat this one more time? It looks like we've got about ten or fifteen more people here that's joined the last fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, okay. Um all right guys, I uh I wanted to run by you guys one more time if you do want to get in the queue or you have any questions to ask um dial star six to be entered into that queue if you are a gold member gold club member and you did not dial in on the interactive line that's listed on your gold club membership website homepage after you logged in uh you should hang up now and dial back in using that number and then hit star six
1: awesome all right <coughs> who else is next Looks like our queue – I'm trying to read this.
0: I, I use this just far enough between. It. it takes me a minute to figure it out. Looks like it's, our queue empty, actually, right now.
1: Oh, and that was the last one. All right. All right. right, cool. All
0: well, right.
1: Uh, for anybody else, uh, it's been an awesome um, Mon- uh, Monday. Yes, awesome yeah, call. Still awesome Monday. Monday. <laughs> uh, can't wait. Uh, my days are, are mixed up. We was, uh, I, was I was working – uh calling the sellers for the quick start. Uh excited about that. So for all of you that are gonna be there, I can't wait to see you there. It's gonna be some amazing content as always. For those of you who are new, you're gonna uh you're in for uh wonderful information and uh excited excited to be on that together. Looking forward to seeing that. It's definitely been a crazy year, but I'm telling you, I want to share this with you real quick before we go. Um amazing uh, amazingly enough it seems like every november and december our business never fails to be uh our biggest buying month so i've had some people ask me you know is, is to slow down a little bit for the end of the year uh, for us in our business every november and december it seems like we always buy more houses in november and december than any other month of the year so uh Huge opportunities. I know there's a lot of crazy things going on in the in the market and, and in the world, but uh, tremendous opportunities. Uh, at, we're buying tons of pretty houses, and uh, right now we got more deals than we can than we usually do. So we are uh, we're actually opting to wholesale a portion of our deals as well, which we usually don't do because you're giving away some of uh some of the later profits. But uh, but. When the deals are coming at a, at a wonderful pace right now, it's a huge opportunity out there. Looks like we got one more in the queue before oh, we. all right. Oh, that's Reggie. I recognize that. Oh, yeah, up.
2: it is. Hi, Angel. This is Reggie from Boca Raton.
1: How are the world are you, my
2: I am wonderful, thank you. Uh, I'm glad that you are the one holding holding the fort for uh, for Ron tonight.
1: Hey, pleasure to hear you, man. It's always good to be on here with answering the questions. How can I help you well, tonight?
2: Yes. One quick question I have. Uh, I have a property I am looking at. The seller is interested in, sell- in selling on terms. But when I drove the area, it looks like it's a rental area. Like it doesn't look like the type of neighborhood that are mostly owned by owner-occupants but it looks like the, the kind of area that mostly uh family and uh cheaper rental homes um obviously i'm looking to acquire that as a uh, as something to turn to a, uh, a, a lease option out so having seen the neighborhood and the terms that we are we are we are talking about would not allow to flip it there is not enough uh, spread to flip it to a uh An investor. So how would you approach something like that when you discover what you thought it was that the neighborhood is not? uh, It's not very suitable for the type of owner occupant that that I'm looking for.
1: Uh, What price range is the house in
2: it sees in the my area, the price is uh, less than 200,000. In my area, it's very difficult to find any single-family house uh, that is less than two hundred fifty thousand, maybe three hundred thousand dollar at a minimum. So this one is unusually cheap. So, uh, and also it's a two-bedroom, one-bath that I, I realize. So that is what we would consider a lower-end area for 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 the market that I I, I operate in.
1: Is that the house on Eleventh Place?
2: That that is.
1: I drove That's by. Awesome. So uh, that's a house we called for uh, Quick Start Together. So I had that actually on my desk because I just got through sending that through for the, for the deal structuring. So that's exciting. That's, uh, so two things oh, good. That we have found, and Aaron, you can weigh in on this if you have something to add. What, I, what I've found is uh, in our business, our our uh, mid-range home in Evansville, Indiana is, what, 120? So I live in Louisville now, and, and it's uh, a, you know, a little bit higher there. Uh, where I'm at, but where uh, Evansville, Indiana, where we run a lot of business, average price range of house 121.30 of, of a, you know, uh, home. So what we have found, there is areas that is a little bit more rental, like 50% owner, 50% rental, and, and give or take, uh, about half of the median price range. So you're talking about houses that are worth 60 to 80,000. Um, yes. And what we have found in those areas is we have no worries and no problem finding a lease option tenant buyer. Now, hmm, that said, you know it's uh, most of the time a young working family, um, you know, different things like that. Uh, you know, working working class people that that move into them that are, you know, may not have as much down as we sometimes had hoped. Uh, you know, so in. So Price rate You know, we've gotten twenty-five thousand down on an eighty-thousand-dollar house. We've gotten, you know, six thousand down on a, you know, from a quality person. We just decided to, 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 you know, accept. But all mm-hmm. ranges between that. So we have definitely made a a lot of winners out of that, out of similar range for our area. So they don't scare me at all. Uh, if you're if you're concerned about it, you can always get the contract. Uh, let them know, you know, what you, that, that you're going to wait close to you find your buyer, and then put it out in mm-hmm. the market. And show it, you know, get a way to show it. If you're ever concerned about it, that's what what we would do. Aaron, any any further thoughts on that? Okay.
0: Um, no, you know what you said is is exactly right. I mean, uh, and statistically, you know, even if it's in an area that you have a, some questions about, if you you know if you checked off all of the markers and it and it is a home that, that makes sense for you. Uh, to purchase uh, with the right terms, you're not going to have as a hard a time finding a rent-to-own buyer that's, that's a quality individual by definition as you would maybe even cashing it out, if, you know, if that's your concern. So, I mean, let basically repeat what Andrew said. But uh, that's all I have to say on that.
2: Okay, okay. No, that, 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 that's great to hear because I, I started to wonder. I know I don't have anything to lose by putting it under contract. I said that I right. am going to to, to, to put it on the contract anyway, but it just question like would I, you know, taking a, I'm thinking about the exit strategy, how readily of a market there is for for something that fall in that category. But it sounds like by your experience, there is a buyer for every for every property. It's just a matter of getting the right terms.
0: That is correct.
2: Okay, okay.
0: Okay, awesome.
2: Nope, that would be all. Just waiting to close on my first uh, property. Hey, that's exciting. We're looking forward to it. Likewise.
1: Great hearing from you tonight, brother. Looking forward to uh, to seeing
2: you here on Quick Start uh, this week. Yes, yes, I'll I'll be on the call. All right, gentlemen, have a nice evening. All right, bye-bye. Okay, bye. Uh, who's next? we got Randy in the queue.
5: Yeah. Hi, this is Randy. Hello. I was wondering... Uh, Randy. How you doing tonight?
0: Fantastic. How about yourself, man?
5: I'm doing well, thank you. I uh, was wondering how I could get your contact information for the properties that you're wholesaling. I'm interested in some long-term holds.
0: I, I, what was that... What was that question? And did you hear him I cut out on my end? No, I keep cut out on my end. I am so tight.
5: Okay, yeah, I'm interested in uh in the information on your properties or wholesaling. I'm interested in possibly purchasing some long term holds. Got oh. it.
1: Gotcha. All right. So you're at what, what what area are you in, Randy? I'm in San Diego. San Diego, California. Awesome. So uh, you're looking to uh, buy properties, uh, maybe in other places that are a little lower cost in the U.S. that you can cash flow, right? Is that what I understand? Correct. Correct. Got it. Beautiful. And then, uh, now, how long have you been in Ron's world, by the way?
5: How long have I been in uh, real estate? Uh, Ron LeGrand's World. How long do you know Oh, LeGrand? and Ron LeGrand's World. Well, I took a commercial yeah. class from him in 2011.
1: Super. That is yeah. awesome. Well, good. So, yeah, we absolutely, uh, what you're looking uh, at is, uh, are you are you wanting to kind of get the VA uh, uh, rolling? Just to so understand what you're looking for, you you mentioned you mentioned our wholesales. We are wholesaling a ton below value. Is that you'd, you'd like to buy in the Louisville and Evansville markets? Is that what what you're
5: asking? Well, is that your primary market that you're wholesaling in? Yes, yes, yeah. Um, yeah I, I probably would be interested in looking at that. So, okay, yeah. Um, well. I'll tell you what I will I will
1: confirm with with Ron. I, it's an unusual request on the on the call, so I was a little bit taken taken back. That's uh, exciting. I love it. Actually, just uh, sold some some other stuff to uh, a gentleman in Arizona, so uh, won't be the first time we've we've done that. No, uh, okay. Someone, but uh, you know, being being through Ron LeGrand, obviously I'll uh, I'll run that by him, and we uh, we can we can reconnect. Um, any particular questions regarding uh, the the deals here tonight for everyone to hear?
5: um no not really i'm nope. i'm using i just contacted christie about uh sending out some yellow letters but this is up in Park city utah so okay uh, well very cool yeah. well, how are you guys what what are you doing primarily to market for your properties
1: yes so uh good question we're we're buying uh several ways uh we're buying with of course about half of our stuff is pretty and about half is ugly. Uh, we're buying still substantially, uh, and, and I, I uh, probably shouldn't say this, but we're buying substantially from our Bandit signs still. Uh, we've consistently put them out for the last you know six and a half years for the most part, and we we still buy you know a dozen or so houses a year from those. Uh, we buy a ton from word of mouth, from business cards, uh, putting out business cards and, you know, just networking, friends of friends we buy from over the years, things of that nature. And then uh, right now our huge lead source is with online marketing. We uh, are doing some, you know, Google ads. We're doing some Facebook. We're spending money online promoting our website and, uh, you know, Of course, all the free postings as well, but we're doing quite a bit of paid stuff, and that's working. And then every time we're, you know, a little low on leads, we do a a yellow letter mailing, and uh, we do that with Christy King. She's amazing with that. And, uh, of course, recommend, uh, you know, getting an answer from her on who she's mailing to, uh, who recommends mailing to, you know, obviously – I, uh, I, I, my preference has been out of state absentee owners, uh, off and on over the years. But uh, there's a lot more of distressed owners and different ones as well now that that uh, list that that Christie has that are very
5: valuable. Okay. So in California here, I, I got a with a pretty house. How would you go about say a house that's uh, six hundred thousand and up in terms yes. of purchasing that uh, to hold as a long term? How would what would be a couple scenarios you'd structure that? Have you uh, have you been to the Quick Start yet? Yes, I have a couple times.
1: Okay. So, yeah, so a couple things, and we actually have, uh, actually, David, I don't know if you're on tonight, David, but uh, David in California, one of our students, he's killing it, just got his first deal and just sent me an amazing testimonial, and uh, he was 21 when he started and 22 just got his first check, uh, which is, uh, I was 21 when I started, so kind of cool, but I got him on my wall of fame in my office, Uh, (laughs) student testimonials with checks. So uh, that being said, in California, we have several, you know, people all over, thousands, obviously, uh, and, and, you know, they're they're doing it successfully in California. And those price ranges, uh, you know, obviously the market's hot, so everything's shifting. But uh, doing pretty houses, structuring with either owner financing or lease option, buying with nothing down and, you know, monthly payment that works and turn around it. Reselling about a lease option to your end buyer with uh, you know those price ranges. The cool thing is when you do get one, the non-refundable option deposit is you know much larger than uh, in Evansville, Indiana, where you're you know where you're dealing with hundred twenty thousand dollar average price home. Uh, it's got its advantages too. We love Evansville and Louisville, but uh, but but you know California has its advantages. So uh, got a lot of people doing pretty houses out there, doing a great job of them right now. And Secondly doing exactly what you suggested. I've uh, got some who are in that area who are, you know, buying out of state as well, you know, uh, especially in this market, it's become acceptable to do a lot of things virtually all the way from house walkthroughs, et cetera, as long as you have boots on the ground. So.
5: Well, I'm just curious because in, in San Diego, you know, the uh, median price right now is running 700 plus. Right. So, in, you know, if you're going to hold it long term, it's got to be based on some rental, so... If if expenses are forty percent as a rule of thumb, right? Uh, yep. That, that doesn't, you know, for somebody to sell their house. Um, how do you how do you get pick up a seven hundred thousand dollar house when you know that you you can only pay them like two hundred or two thousand bucks a month? Well, and cover, uh, cover expenses and make a profit
1: so i you know most most of them can't, but uh you know when when somebody can let's just say it's borderline, but again, if you've bought it with nothing down and you 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 know you own it and your monthly payment works uh you know you get an mm-hmm. refundable option deposit from your tenant buyer uh you know let's just say it's a hundred grand. Uh, and then they pay you more than you're paying monthly, and they're responsible for the repairs. You know, when you're out nothing, and your monthly cash flow is even 500 bucks, and your non-refundable option deposit up front is 50 or 100 grand. You know, the math works. Uh, right. but again, it, it is it is a tougher market. You know, it's not not like every you know fifth Fisbo you call is necessarily going to be a deal by any shot, you know, and it, it is a tougher, you know, shifting market. And, you know, every market presents new opportunities. So I don't like to say it's a bad market by any shot. You know, it's, it's definitely a seller's market. But, uh, but you know, still opportunities, still doing deals. Uh, if, it doesn't, if San Diego doesn't, uh, for us, finding the, the pockets, even, even in Louisville and Evansville, you know, we, we find particular pockets we really love working in and working in a lot. Okay. All right, all right. Thank you for your... Hey, good questions, Randy. Appreciate it. And is this number you called in on a, a good one for us to reach back out to you on once we spoke to Ron? Yes, it would be. And what was your
5: full name? Just
1: I didn't catch. The yeah, my name's Andrew Schlag. And my brother's Aaron Schlag, known as the Schlag okay. Brothers. All right.
0: You got Andrew it, Randy. Aaron good talking
5: okay. to you, brother. Hey, all
0: thanks, right. Randy.
5: Thank you. Good talking oh, to you.
0: All right. Looks like we've got a few more here in the queue, Andrew. We have a few more minutes, I think, don't we?
5: Yeah.
0: All right. Hi. Hello. Hi,
7: I'm Barb, and I'm in Tampa. And I have a question. I'm new. (laughs) I just got my materials, and so I'm just learning. But my question is this. Um, I know Ron says he usually doesn't start making payments. Until sixty or ninety days out, and he yes. always purchases. He he really, or most of the time, he doesn't do lease option. And my question is this, and maybe it's I'm not far enough along, but do you usually buy them with purchase and sale, regardless um, if you find someone within the sixty to ninety day period, or do you usually put the clause in where you say um, we're not going to purchase it? if we don't find a buyer am I clear
1: <laughs> yes we almost always just write up the purchase and sell, do exactly what Ron says the payment begin in the third month after close and close on it right now it's only one time that I don't do that uh, or two is if let's just say for example we know the deals are good enough we're we're we negotiated the deal we're going to close the deal we're going to buy it we know we're going to find the lease option tenant buyer we have no problem doing that we have more buyers than we have houses almost all the time, so no worries there. Uh, if the terms are borderline, uh, the terms are borderline. Maybe you know they owe two hundred on it, and it's what doesn't happen commonly now. But let's just say they owe two hundred and it's worth you know two hundred five. You know, there's really no room there. The monthly payment is fifteen hundred a month, and you hope it will rent for sixteen. You know, there's really every every section of it is tight. Uh, in that case, we would get a purchase and sale and say we'll only close after we find our tenant buyer because, you know, obviously we don't get stuck with that house or that payment, you know, not knowing what things are. So if the terms are really tight where it just doesn't hardly support it, but we know we can, you know, we can still assign it and get a $20,000 payday, it's worth our time We're going to get the purchase and sell in hopes to be able to assign it. Uh, or lastly, if it's a wholesale and, you know, this market wholesaling has never been more lucrative, uh, in my opinion, and you know, and if it's a wholesale and you get a you get a contract that you're going to sign, then obviously that's that's the third time you would you would do. So uh, again, ninety nine percent of the time, we go in, we make our deal, we close them up, start our payments the third month after close, and and uh, go from there.
7: And you want to do that so you can close the deal quickly versus they have the seller having buyer's remorse based on the sixty to ninety day
1: clause. We just, I mean, we wouldn't agree to buy the house, and if we're going to agree to buy it, you know, and we, we're comfortable with the terms, you know, in our state, uh, Indiana or Kentucky, where I live, uh, in neither of those states are, are uh, have have transfer tax, so, you know, it doesn't matter really the price range of the house. Our closing costs, you know, uh, aren't that much, and so, uh, you know, we'd rather close it and own it, and have full control and have a key and show it whenever we want to whoever we want to be constantly working with the seller that, you know, try to get our buyer in and, and you know, just create uh, opportunity for, for issues to arise. You know, we just take the issue out of their life, buy their house, done and can move on, and, and we can do our thing.
7: And now, did you say you're in Louisville, but you also said you're in which other state?
1: Evansville, Indiana, and Louisville, Kentucky. As oh,
7: got you. Okay, and do you... So you almost always uh, buy with the purchase and sale agreement. You generally don't buy with lease, the lease purchase agreement.
1: That's correct. We uh, prefer to own it. If you know we're not, again, it's just been my practice. I went out to a few deals that were lease options, and by the time I left, I had them uh, turned to owner financing. I, I just would rather own it and get the tax benefits and everything else that goes along with owning it.
7: Okay, because being new, it's it, sometimes I think us newbies, we, we think we want to start with the lease purchase versus per- buying it outright with the purchase and sale agreement. That's probably a, about being new. <laughs> but um, I'm just thinking if you agree to buy, because I've talked to a few people and gone to a, house, a couple houses. I haven't closed on anything yet. But, um, you know, it's I'm thinking that, you're more likely to get a deal if you do the purchase and sale agreement and buy it outright versus buying it with lease purchase what do you think
1: uh, well I, I mean I don't know if you know, preference one or the other it goes back to you know either way they're getting a monthly payment either way you're agreeing to do the uh, take care of you know responsibility for repairs etc so you know they're, they're very similar uh, you know, you, if you're if if you're concerned about buying it, when I started, when I was afraid of something, it, I would give off the vibe, and therefore, kind of uh, give them, you know, kind of shoot myself in the foot, if you will, without even realizing it. So, uh, you know, I, I just go close with confidence and know, uh, you know, this. It, it's never been easier to sell a house than it is right now, and you know, you combine that with. In fact, we just stopped a house for selling a lease option here the other day. And uh, accidentally went and got a cash out offer on it. Like, it's never been easier to sell a house. And if the terms are sweet enough, I just have no worry at all that I'm going to be able to find a buyer. And so, you know, even with uh, the beginning, of course, I was a little bit afraid of it in the beginning. I was 21 and, and, and just learning. But, uh, you know, Ron said it would not be a problem to find a buyer. And I found him to, uh, to, that to be absolutely true.
7: Okay, and I've been practicing, as Ron says, you know, out loud and, you know, recording and all that to try to get work on the confidence. So I'm doing that, and that is definitely helping. So, okay, I think it's just in my mind, I'm thinking the the seller is going to say, oh, you know, the idea, they like the idea that you're buying it versus the lease purchase. But I know they're similar, but I'm just thinking their psychology. They may not like the lease purchase idea. But I'm um, new, so.
0: it's and that's one of those sure. things too. It comes down to it depends on the it depends on the seller, right? And and I mean, and we like to convert ours all to uh, subject to rather than lease options. And that's what I'll ask them: Would you rather lease the home or sell it? Um, and, and so I I see exactly where you're coming from, and that's that's our that's our preferable way. But there have been times that there have been students that's had deals where uh, the seller was like, man, I would rather lease it and then have that option for you to purchase it later. And uh, you know, obviously, we're not going to kill a good deal over that. So. I just wanted to interject that.
7: Oh, that's a good point. You're right. Letting it be the, their decision. Okay. So, do you guys do subject to or wraps, or or are you using those interchangeably?
0: So, by definition, we, we like to buy a subject to the mortgage, and then we do put a wrap on those. Just uh, just we're make we're wrapping
1: better. we're wrapping everything we do right mm-hmm. now. We're not doing any subject tos. We're wrapping everything we do, and uh, and then you know, unless there's no mortgage, and we're owner financing. Correct. Got gotcha, you, because
7: that helps them as if they want a mortgage down the road. Got gotcha. you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. This is a big help, guys. Thank you so much. Exciting. Pleasure. We'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Do we have anybody else in the queue?
0: Uh, let's see. I think it, it looks like Danielle maybe be called call back in. You want to switch her in here real quick for one more yeah. minute if you got time here. Okay. All, right. All right. Yeah, it's uh, it's me again. Hey, Danielle. Yeah,
3: hey, Danielle. Third time, hey.
1: charm, my friend, how can I help you?
3: Okay, uh, when you use your yellow letters, do you guys get your own lists? Because um, I've been getting mine from ListSource. And I was just wondering, you know, if you guys have used ever Melissa Data and how it compares to ListSource. Um,
1: Before Christy King, or before I, I knew, if I remember correctly, when I started uh, with Ron, Christy King uh, was not doing the yellow letters back then, I, I don't believe. And so uh, I did use Melissa Data and, uh, you know, had some good lists. Like I had one bad list, nothing bad to say about them. Uh, you know, good source, uh, you know, any anybody could accidentally give you a bad list. So I've had good sources from them. I've done well with them. As general as i now, I just, uh, you know, have Christy King to me, my one-stop shop. She's amazing, good at what she does, and, uh, you know, provides good lists and amazing yellow letters. So I just like to use her as my one-stop shop. But, yes, my I've, I've never had a, a bad experience except one, you know, a one-off time with Melissa Data. Uh, everything else okay. from them. Is
3: yeah, cuz I just noticed right. they were cheaper than list source. Um and then the the other question that I had was uh I had a customer um that I, I just uh closed on his house. Um he was trying to get another mortgage, but his lender in Ohio said that you know they wouldn't accept the wrap. Um he ended up still, you know, selling to me with owner financing and he's going to live in a mobile home, but uh was wondering you know how often that actually happens where they they won't be able to qualify even
1: when you do a wrap I've never had it happen uh you know I don't promise them anything because you know every lender is different I can't promise them what their lender is or ain't going to do or if there's other issues that's going on with them that I can't help uh I've never had him you know I've never had it to to wind up frankly when I was buying a subject two nonstop uh, we very rarely had an issue, but, you know, a couple of times people called back four or five years late, three or four years later, however long, uh, out of, you know, some of our early two deals and needed to qualify. And, you know, uh, it was a struggle in that situation. So uh, we just wrap them to be safe. Uh, you know, again, it's 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 not been an issue, but I can't guarantee what their bank's going to do.
3: Okay. All right. Fair enough.
1: Awesome. Good talking to you. And uh, thank you very much. Good talk Yeah, our yeah. pleasure. Yeah, good night. Good talking to all you guys tonight. And I believe that was it. Uh is that correct, Aaron? Uh yes. I believe
0: so. No, wait a minute. We all have right. we have one more. We have one more. Yeah, one oh, right. more. All right. We'll take one more before we wrap it up. We've still got a couple minutes left.
6: Thanks for taking yep. this. One more. Hi, this is Cherry again, and I had a question. Oh, Cherry, yes. Hi. Hey, sure. I wanted to know if, well, the one deal that I have going is in Palm Springs area, which is right. more like retirement, it's way out, and so I don't know if I'd find a a buyer that would want to own it, So, and it's my first deal if it goes through and I just wanted to know if I wanted to kill the goose, can I sell it to a buyer, buyer or sell it outright during the due diligence?
1: Sure. You get a purchase and sale agreement on the house. You can, you know, sell it. If you get a terms purchase and sale agreement, you can turn around and sell it on cash and surprise, surprise the heck out of them. I've never had a seller that was mad at me for paying them off early. Uh, you know, Secondly, if you get a cash-out offer that's, you know, doesn't leave as much room as you had hoped, you can always go back to the seller and renegotiate and let them know that you can pay them off now if they can work with you on the price rather than, you know, over time uh, at, the, oh. at the original price. Oh, okay. All those options in your tool belt, okay. absolutely.
6: Oh, okay. would I guess you don't know the area too well, but I guess, you know, there could be some things coming down now with um, – with the new environment and everything. And I just don't know if some prices might go down and everything. And I just feel a little squeamish with holding on something that's, you know, about three hours away from me for my first deal.
1: I understand. Um, and definitely, you know, again, go, goes back to Ron's two big points to not personally guarantee debt and to don't write big checks unless you're getting a bigger check back in a few days. Um, right. So, you know, with, as you don't write big checks and no personal guarantee debt you, you know your risk is minimal uh, you know obviously you, you want to put yourself in a position to succeed and make money on each deal uh, for sure so uh, if there is concern there you can absolutely sell it out right but again uh, you know if the terms are sweet enough uh, you know I, I I've bought several houses that were you know reasonably close to value but my terms were so sweet I didn't you know it didn't bother me because I know I can always we and got what terms. were the
6: good terms
1: uh, in some cases, uh, little to nothing down. Almost every case I buy with nothing down, but uh, every once in a while we put a little bit down. A little to nothing down, meaning I can get back a much bigger check right away uh, and you know, a monthly payment that is much lower than the rent I know I can get. And, oh, uh, see,
6: that's what I'm not sure of because it seems high for the rent, the way it's structured. I think it's a little high for the rent out there.
1: Okay, well, then you can get a purchase and sell and see what the market bears before you close it. That's totally up to you.
6: Okay, thank you. You guys are great. Thank you.
1: Our pleasure. Thank you, Cherry.
6: Okay, thanks.
1: All right, right. I believe that's it for tonight. Wrapped up, Andrew. Absolutely. Anything else you want to add, Aaron? Uh, no, I, well, I
0: did actually a well, while well ago, right before there was a couple more people that jumped on. Uh, I was gonna,
1: you, you were saying
0: that November's and December's are killer months for us, and I was, I was gonna say in spite of this crazy election cycle we've had uh, mixed with this, um, this virus that's been unprecedented, uh, we're still on track uh, based on our uh, numbers and projections for this last quarter and this last month to do the exact same thing this year and close more deals in November and December uh, than we, you know, than we do any other month of the year. And so, uh, so definitely, what I want to say is, around these holidays and things, don't get lax in in your business. And remember that during this time of uh, festivity and and everything, even though it's a different situation going on right now with the the virus and all the uncertainty, uh, people are still needing to buy homes, and people are still needing to. Sell homes, and uh, there's nothing better than to be in a position to help those people and capitalize, uh, you know, on the opportunity to position yourself to be the person to help those people out of those homes and help people into homes during this time. Because it's uh, it's a very it's a very good feeling, and it's also very uh, financially
1: benefiting as well. One of our most profitable deals uh, ever. <laughs> I'll never forget it's it, Steve. It's a super profitable deal. Last year was bought the week before Christmas. Both called us. Uh, and uh, you know, in, in situations that they needed help out of, we was able to uh, to help help them with we their situation. They were what where were they were they both six or what were they on those paydays? One they was three months behind on payment, and the other was uh, six or seven months behind on right. payment. And we were uh, able you know, to keep them
0: out of you know keep the situation from foreclosure. What was our profits on
1: those? Do you remember? I don't remember uh, profit on the uh, one a while back is uh it was ended up being just shy of a hundred thousand dollars and our profit on on uh, last year's uh week before christmas is yet to be seen so we'll see how how that turns out but uh but yes uh good good deal good deal to come so keep your eyes and ears open uh and keep up the good work keep the lead flow coming in keep uh keep up with the closing calls and don't forget Outbound calls is a way to get started, but uh, the more you can get sellers calling you, the better and more quality the leads are. So, uh, absolutely. Well, keep up the good work, guys, and uh, hope you all have an amazing uh, Thanksgiving coming up. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe we're already almost there. But uh, keep up the good work, and I can't wait to see you guys on Quick Start this week. For those of you who are signed up Tuesday through Friday, uh, it's going to be an amazing event, and uh, looking forward yes. to Amazing days ahead for, uh, for all of us. So keep looking up and have a great night. Have a wonderful night, guys. God bless.